Well, welcome to yet another episode, the first of the 2021 season of Show Center, the Air Show podcast. Amount of work, Air Show announcer Brad Charlie joined as always by my good good friends Rick Peterson and Rob Ryder. Hey guys, how are you? Direct live from uh, from my new digs. Yeah, from your new island. island that shall the island shall remain nameless. <laughs> the internet connection seems to be better than where I was in the woods. There are no wolves here. Uh, there are coyotes and foxes and plenty of uh, other wonderful wildlife. But um, how does it sound? Yeah, echo, echoey, but you're fine. Yeah, and I've just noticed that the little mute icon has popped up on Rob's on Rob's page. <laughs> so he's he's muted himself. He's, this is gold. He's actually managed Normally, to mute himself we'd have to pay someone to do that this is <laughs> i don't know how i did that i have no idea but i'm here happy new year happy new year to you too oh my goodness well we're off to a swimming start aren't we i mean this I'm, is I'm in my i'm in my basement where i've been spending a great deal of time um working on trying to do voice work and things like that to uh, cover up for the number of air shows that have uh, already decided to cancel yeah. Yes, much much like this podcast, we uh, we began this year and this this brand new uh, episode, uh, hoping the best and uh, and stumbling and falling, much like our schedules so far. Lots That's of uh, well, not not lots of cancellations, but uh, enough that it's been like oh, grown. We were hoping for better, but um, well, we'll just have to see how this goes. For improv, several of our performers uh, have stripped their airplanes apart, started to rebuild them again for the new year, and they're in they're in no hurry. Uh, and and the jet teams continue to work uh, their workups. The snowbirds are flying over the snow in Saskatchewan, uh, down in the desert over at El Centro. The uh, the Blue Angels are really putting in some great time with the new jets and the new Fat Albert, and of course uh, out in the other desert, Nevada. Uh, the Thunderbirds are hard at it, too. And even the jet teams overseas have all started as of February 1. As of today, uh, people like the uh, the demo team uh, for the uh, for the Raphael over in France and others have all started their workups as well in hopes of getting the 2021 season underway. That, in a nutshell, is it for our prop wash. Not much news beyond that. Well, it's still something to talk about. It's going to be interesting to see how this how this season shapes up with uh, COVID sort of, you know, changing and evolving continuously. Seems like every time you you see something else, there's been some new strain or something that uh, coming it's up. It's a mutation, so. is what it is, Matt. Come on, a mutation. Get into the yes. lingo. It Get is into mutated. the language of the now. It's it, mutated. It's mutated. But someone that has been uh, working on their airplane is Jody Ruger, and she joins us now via phone. Uh, from her home out there on the sunny west coast i'm it's always so nice out there is it is it nice today or is it just nasty wet and <laughs> dull jody <laughs> you know what you caught me on a good day the snow has finally melted off our runway here i was kind of happy that i moved the plane to another airport because i wasn't sure it was going to melt on time well, we're glad to have you on here jody for those of you who don't know uh is just just an outstanding young lady and pilot extraordinaire, and she just ripped her airplane all apart this year and decided to recover it, which is which has been a learning curve. And she's been, uh, I don't want to say, is blogging still a word? Rick, I don't even know. Is that a, 
Oh, is that something God. people do? I don't well, know. I mutated mean, into blogging and several other things. Yeah, now. well, anyway, Jody's <laughs> telling everybody how to do it. It's really been fun to watch her. And she's TikToking. I don't even know what that. Yeah, I heard about that at one point. But anyway, <laughs> so Jody also has a, a Thunder Mustang that she's going to be performing in. Uh, and that, I think, is really going to be fun to watch. Uh, and we wanted to have you on because there's there's a lot going on with you. So, uh, Thanks for doing this. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. How has it been tearing this thing apart and and just starting over from scratch? Um, sometimes it hurts a little bit inside <laughs> when you actually rip the old fabric off. So it took Exacto knife to the old fabric and oh. tore it off. And uh, you know, I have to be really careful because some of the aluminum in there is very soft. But uh, over the last month or so, I've been completely recovering it. And as I went along, I really kind of built up momentum because I got laid off from the airline. So there wasn't a whole lot else going on with everything shut down. Um, so I got sort of addicted to the sense of progress. It was really actually cool to watch the time lapses that I was putting together and see, you know, at the start of a day, how it looked versus the end of the day. And uh, so I've been actually documenting it because it's going to be part of a education fund for TikTok and part of the junior astronaut program for Virgin Galactic. I'm just sitting still doing nothing, man. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> the junior it take much these days to be an overachiever, but you even overachieved at that. So well done. <laughs> I don't uh, do downtime very well, as it turns out. <laughs> Yeah, that's, and that's you really were, great. You were qualified. You were you qualified all the way up to the seven eighty seven, the Boeing seven eight seven, Jody. I was flying the seven thirty seven, uh, but when I moved to the U.S., I had to convert my uh, airline transport pilot license. So I went to the triple seven sim over at the Delta headquarters, and that was a ton of fun. Ah, uh, that's great! Wow, and and now. And now you're looking at an air show season uh, like the rest of us, kind of wondering when your first show is going to. Do you have a first show that you have scheduled? Yeah, I've got a few tentatively lined up. A lot of shows are not quite as committed this year, so they've asked to be penciled in, but they've promised to update me as they know more about whether the shows are going to go ahead or not. Um, so I'm not really banking on a lot actually going through. I'm doing my best to obviously be as prepared as possible regardless. And for me, that's a fun process, so it's not difficult to do. I enjoy working on the plane and flying it. So that, that's really you know, not a big deal for me. But um, I'm trying to find ways to diversify. Um, I started you know, the online store and, and breaking up doing the educators fund and things like that. And just trying to teach the new generation reach people and inspire them a different way uh, just in case or so I have something else going on because it's such an uncertain time right now. Sure is. And I, we have to say you this have inspired much. me through your, uh, through your efforts. Rick, Rick, seriously, nobody wants to hear about the Sorry, yoga pants. Game, nobody wants to hear about your yoga pants business. Nobody wants to hear about it. Just well, let I, it. No, I was just going to say, I've, I've been inspired to take them up. I'm going to give them a try. I think uh, I think Show Center needs a little little more dazzle. That's what I think. Uh, yeah. We, as we, a joke, actually made something for the men as well. I don't think anyone's bought one yet, but we did make Thunder Mustang boxers also. <laughs> and uh, they've got a little empennage on the back. 
so they're very stylish. <laughs> well, now I you're think, talking. Uh, <laughs> my wife would agree that uh, any kind of underpants has the word thunder on the front of it for me would be appropriate. So, <laughs> I think I'm maybe your first customer. I can see it now. Oh, my talk to goodness. Me, talk to us about the Thunder Mustang, though. How did this, where did you get the idea? Because when last I saw you, you were more than happy playing aerobatics and a monoplane, and you love the pits. But where did this Thunder Mustang thing come from? Well, this year, like many people, has been a lot of really big changes for myself. Um, the person that I was sort of partnering into the RV with was in a very tragic accident. So she passed away, and um, there's Nothing that I really want to do to push in that regard. I'm, I'm going to try to teach her son how to fly it still when I get back over to Canada and when he feels ready. But aside from that, I kind of wanted to just leave that to, to be his thing for now. So uh, with that, one of my friends bought this Thunder Mustang. He's got a very good deal on it, and he was looking for a race pilot. He knew that I had qualified to race in Formula One, and the year that I was going to race Reno, my rookie year, I actually got the 737 ground school. So, like a month and a half out, I had to cancel my plans to race. So, when he was looking for a race pilot, and he's like 12 minutes away from where I live, he talked to me about it, and he so I talked to him about his goals for the plane, and one of the things he wanted to do with that Thunder Mustang was to get corporate sponsorship for it. And I said, the biggest challenge with doing that with Reno is that you have one event per year. And it often ends up costing you quite a bit of money to qualify or to show up for this. So if you want to get corporate sponsorship, the best thing you can do is find more events for it. And if you're interested, I'd really like to consider doing an air show with it. So we started to talk about it, and it made a lot more sense for the goals that he had for the plane, but it also included a lot of modifying the plane to give it the reliability that I wanted to be able to take it all over North America, basically. So we've been um, going through a very intensive maintenance process, doing a lot of rebuilds and just really beefing up a lot of the hardware in there and getting some experts to come out and help us, you know, all the experience that they have from designing and really modifying these things for Reno and, and making it into the safest platform possible. I think that's fantastic, and of course, I'm sure uh, you've seen some of Elliot Seguin's progress and and test work that he's done on the Thunder Mustang. There's so many uh, interesting things out there right now with the Thunder Mustang, and to watch, I, I'm excited for you, Jody, and uh, just a fan of the airplane myself. I think it's going to be great fun to watch and uh, and see this routine develop. I have to ask you though, because you you made a splash on the socially distant air show. Uh, that the three of us hosted, where you, you made a pretty big announcement on that show. Uh, how is that news working now? <laughs> you know, we're actually, uh, Sean and I are coming up on our first year anniversary of being married. So Yay. it's been <laughs> a heck of a year to uh, to go through that. And in huge contrast to how things were before, I mean, we were long distance, and I was bouncing back and forth with airline gigs, seeing him once every six weeks. And now he's had to deal with me 24 <laughs> seven because I'm <laughs> home all the time. So I think he's happy that I'm working on the airplane, not only because he gets to fly it as well, but also because it gives me something to do. And it's, it's actually been sort of our quarantine honeymoon. It's the most time we've ever gotten to spend together. So 
we've gotten to do a lot of really cool stuff and you get to ca- catch up on a lot of lost time. So that's been really cool. Well, a belated, uh, belated uh, best wishes and uh, congratulations to you and your husband. Tell me, Jody, with nobody in your family who was ever involved in flying, where did, where did the, and how did the aviation bug bite you? Started out when I was really young, which is fortunate since I didn't have a lot of family into it. Um, so I didn't have the guidance that I think a lot of the people in the industry do if they have that advantage. But when I was 12 years old, I was doing a career cruising survey as part of my school. And my parents had just gotten divorced that summer. So when I went back to school, uh, they were in the middle of selling their house as part of the divorce settlement. And I had it in my mind that pilots were going to make $200,000 a year (laughs) based on this program, (laughs) which turned out to be absolutely not true until much later in your career, if that uh, but it has been some of the most fun I've ever done. So I, I did my project on what I wanted to be when I grew up based on the recommendations it came up with. And I thought, oh, when I grow up, I'm never going to have to sell my house. And as it turns out, I barely grew up. <laughs> and I spend my money mostly on buying airplanes, not houses. Um, but <laughs> it ended up becoming just a huge passion for me. And every day has been just really incredible. So like, it seems like every day there's a once in a lifetime opportunity that pops up. So, you know, going to all these new places, doing the inaugural flight to Mexico and, and learning how to tell a broken Spanish joke to the mayor of Mazatlan <laughs> or flying an air show. And so it's been really exciting and definitely kept my interest still. But because my parents weren't into it and we really didn't have the finances at that time, I had to get creative on how I was going to figure out how to do this completely on my own. So when I was 14, I joined Air Cadets, and I studied ground school. Uh, I would go through the complete program once or twice a year if I could find a program that would give it to me for free. And I would show up and study and take the ground school home and build little paper airplanes and teach myself if I couldn't find an instructor. And I ended up getting the highest mark in my class and getting a scholarship through Air Cadets doing that. And I figured out pretty early on that two college would pay for all my flight time. So I transferred high school three times to make sure I got every single prerequisite or recommended course to get into that program. Oh, and wow. uh, yeah, so I, I tried very hard <laughs> because I think I knew it was an uphill battle for me. And a lot of people were telling me that I couldn't do it or they didn't understand very much about flying. So they just thought it was much beyond my reach and I had to get pretty creative on how I was going to make it happen for myself. You, you were driven, I think. Yeah. And I think that is part of why I appreciate and am so much, have so much passion for aviation is it became a really big part of my life because if I wanted to do it, I had to make a lot of really big changes and I had to be really serious about it. Well, you were, you were inspired too. And I'd I'd like to think our industry may have had some, role in that, Jody? Um, yeah, it's, it's really funny. I didn't go to my first air show uh, until I was in Air Cadets. They had us guard the snowbirds as part of my um, scholarship program. <laughs> so they shut down the airport for the day and we were out there in our dress uniforms and just making sure nobody crossed. The, the safety ropes. But that was the first air show I ever went to. <laughs> and uh, so for me to get into air shows, that was also a little bit of a leap. Um, 
when I went to school college, I was extremely passionate about aviation. I'd been studying it since I was like 14 and it was an extremely competitive program. So you had, they said they had a military standard with an air Canada dress code and it was extremely strict, but I was at a bit of a disadvantage because my instructor was offered a job where if he had 50 hours of multi-engine time, he could take it on. And I was his only single engine student. So I kind of got put to the back of the line. And I remember thinking, oh, maybe this isn't as fun as I thought it was going to be. And, and maybe I should take this education that I've given myself and, and not waste it. So I started looking at a career in air traffic control because I'd never been so miserable at an airport in all my life. And I remember sitting in this blend, staring out the window, thinking about whether or not I was going to apply at air traffic control. And then we did our first spin in this blend. And I had done spins in a 152, and I expected it to be as much of a pussycat, <laughs> and it absolutely wasn't. So when I went to push forward to break the stall, I was not aggressive enough on it, and I was very slow on the recovery, so I ended up very nose low. And uh, as a result of that, I built up speed pretty quickly, and I pulled five Gs on the recovery, and I couldn't stop smiling. And it was that moment that I knew, okay, I need to do something with aerobatics, because this is a feeling that you can't get doing anything else. I've ever encountered in my life. And so after that, I tried to find a place that I could learn to do aerobatics. I almost started my own aerobatics school just to be able to get the plane because I was living in Northern Ontario, very remote and not a lot of that out there. So I ended up moving to BC uh, because there was a flight school there that had aerobatic planes. And I spent half my paycheck every month learning to fly tailwheel and aerobatics and then worked a second job bartending to just be able to pay for it and started to join aerobatic competitions. And my safety pilot at my first contest, because I had to borrow a U.S. plane, was an airshow performer. And I ended up winning my first contest. And he was really impressed with the work I was doing on social media for the aerobatic club and all my flying. So he brought me on as a crew member and started taking me under his wing and, and teaching me about the airshow circuit. Yeah, the hooks were in. It's amazing yeah. how, how how my career has tracked almost opposite to yours. I do remember that first spin. I do remember not being able to get out of the stall. And instead of laughing, I was crying. And that only stopped <laughs> when the instructor finally stopped the spin. So we're very close. We're like soulmates. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, Jody what a great story there. Yeah, Jody, I'm an RV7 owner. Uh, I got a 7A. Um, uh, you're six. Tell me about your RV6. So the RV6 um, was one that I was borrowing from Hanalee. And we had a deal that I was training her to do her pilot license. And I was paying for a lot of the maintenance and modifications that were going into it. So I was really involved in, in working on it and helping maintain it and taking care of the insurance and just managing the airplane. But I wasn't actually an owner of the plane, um, but I obviously treated it like my own or better. And I always tried to leave it in better shape than I found it. So that one, when Hanalee had bought it, it started out as being carbureted and not having inverted systems. And she actually put the, the fuel injection system on it and installed the inverted systems for the, the fuel and oil. And then I helped install some of the smoke upgrades and uh, things like that and, and fixed it as it broke. I think I did the starter solenoid like 
three times in a month when we were having problems. So I got very quick at stuff like that. Oops. Um, but yeah, it was uh, fully inverted capable, uh, fuel injected, um, inverted smoke and everything. So it was, it's a really, really awesome little RV6. And um, it was just a perfect platform for getting started in the air show industry. And, and Ken had always told me, oh, you're going to really enjoy this RV. Like, as soon as you cross country this, you're never going to want to cross country your pits again. <laughs> and uh, he wasn't entirely wrong. I, I did ferry an RV6 and a pits up one for a couple friends in the same day. And, and there is a big contrast there. Well, I was going to say uh, my RV seven is a little bit, a uh, little bit larger, and Jill and I will fly. You know, I have flown as much as nine hours in one day in it, and and uh, it does get a little tight after a while. Yeah, and it depends. I think every RV is kind of custom to the owner. So whenever you get a new RV, everybody spends years just making it their own and, and turning it into something that they're perfectly happy with. So I'm sure that this can be a big process for you over some time. Oh well, we I've got it, had it four years now, and it uh, it's got it's got a bunch of glass in it, all Garmin and uh, uh, fresh interior, and so it's uh, it's about as souped up as it's going to get. I've not had it upside down, but I've been flying formation in it, and that's a lot of fun. Rick, you had something. I was just going to point out too how opposite that is to the inside and the aircraft that Matt has is Chipmunk. It's just it's. <laughs> It's a, it's a sad comparison, isn't it, Matt? <laughs> well, it has a baggage compartment for one. Hey, but it's a step up for me. You know, I always said that one of these days I'm going to own an expensive airplane. It'll have a starter. It'll have flaps. And, you know, it, the, the Chipmunks, Tiger Moth, all those are a step up from the uh, from the L2 that I started out with. So I'm happy. Hey, Jody, to I, talk I, to that. I have to, I have to, I have to bring this up yep. though, just uh, uh, with Jody, because I know how much Hannah Lee and how much Ken meant to you, and how much our industry is going to miss both of them. But I think if there's if there's light in this and, and a silver lining, it's people like you that he inspired, and and that she uh, had a great deal to uh, to help with as well. Uh, knowing that you're coming up the way you are within our industry now is something I know both of them would be proud of. And I just have to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And definitely that that's my takeaway as well is I realized I've never met anybody else like Ken or like Hannah Lee in the industry. And so my goal out of having had that experience is to start to welcome other people in the same way that they did. And although I'm, I'm fairly new at the air show scene, I've been doing aerobatics and teaching it for about seven years. So Anybody that I've seen that needs a little bit of mentorship or help, I'm, I'm always really keen to go out of my way and try and be that person to somebody else now. Well, I wanted to ask you about that, Jody, and, and that really fits in nicely, Rick, with your comment there. Thank you. Uh, I think the whole industry has has that sort of sentiment about about people like you and people who are coming into this industry. What do you say to that? that young person who's standing there at the show or maybe on the fence, just, just dreaming about this. What I hear in your voice is show up, but I, you know, I don't want to put words into your mouth. What, what, <laughs> what is your advice on that? Yeah, I think, um, especially because I came from very humble beginnings and I didn't have a lot to start out on. I, I don't think of myself as being like an overly naturally talented pilot. I work extremely hard to get to where I am. So I think, you know, if I can do it, definitely if somebody else out there is passionate enough that they can absolutely make it happen for themselves. And there's 
there are people out there like myself that are, are really keen to help bring those people up into it when they show a good work ethic and a drive and, and show up. And, uh, yeah, if, if you do show up, you're going to find that this is a, a really small community in aviation and it just makes the world really small. So you know that you're going to feel those people again. And it's incredible how many people are there that are so helpful and can relate to where you're at and are maybe interested in the same planes as you. And if you express an interest and, and just make an effort, how far that can go. That is very, very true. And, and to have, and to have a young lady like yourself, uh, who who is stepping up and and making a name for your as you are making a name for yourself uh, and uh, the kind of quality person that you are it, it it does not only our industry good but it does all of aviation good and that's that's going to be important in the long run even beyond air shows I think and I'm yeah. just left here wondering how you're going to get the boxer shorts to me because this island is only accessible by <laughs> boat. So you may have to yeah. fly over and just throw it out the window. I don't know. <laughs> That'll be great. I think we're going to have to put in a special order. And I'm going to need to have a review. <laughs> I, I'll be I, happy to review. <laughs> the review would be, uh, would be most welcomed, I think, uh, Rick. That'd be great. Well, listen, Jody, thanks for coming on with us. I hope you come back uh, and share more. And, of course, if folks want to find you, give them, give them the locations. TikTok. Yeah, so... Yeah, I just started in the TikTok, so I'm doing a lot of educational videos on there under the username Quota Filler. Uh, same username on Instagram, that's all under Quota Filler as well. You'll see some of my flying and my airplane projects popping up on that. Um, we just launched a new website for the air show. It's jraro.com. And on Facebook under Jody Ruger Air Shows. I think it's great. Excellent. Thank you again, Jody, for coming on. We'll chat soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, Jody. Yeah, Jody Ruger, everyone. You can find her, like Rick said, on the TikTok. Is that the way you say it? On the <laughs> on TikToks? The, TikTok. the, 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 yeah, the social media stuff. It, it, do we even call it social media? Any? I don't know. What is it yes, called? And it's she, just whatever. And the Facebook page also, you can see they've got yeah. the wings of all. They just started spraying the wings now, but they, from the whole process of uh, stripping them down to the wood and then building them back up again and, uh, and spraying them, and pretty soon they'll be back on the pits. So it's it is educational. It's fun to watch it, and you ought to actually get an insight as to how much work is involved in that. I'm telling you, I you know I've been we've been out of it so long. The other day, yesterday, in fact, I was I was in the hangar and I was under the the instrument panel of my airplane of the Chipmunk, and I was working on trying to figure out why my GPS antenna wouldn't work anymore. It just quit working, and so I'm down there, and it's very tedious, and there's a radio stack right there below it and it's just very uncomfortable and our good friend larry kelly was out there he's trying to help me with the airplane do some stuff on the engine and he's talking to me and i'm just i'm i'm laying there and it's just absolutely miserable it's it's a miserable position to be in and and then there was this rare moment and i, I in fact it was it was really special where i i realized that i was actually having fun and i thought <laughs> i thought what is wrong with me? That's that, how bad things that, are right now. That that, right, right. I'm just happy to be out of the house, you know. And so, so that's where we're at. I have been flying one hour in the last seven weeks. One hour. That's just insanely yeah. little flying. Yeah. Well, it's going to change. Hopefully, we're ready to get going. And, oh yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. I can't wait. We've got to be up. Underway, and if, if it's not going to be a regular show, it's going to be a drive-in or it's going to be a hybrid of some kind. And the organizers are, are still hard at it and still ready to pivot. But things are getting better. And uh, ah, on it goes. Yeah. We'll, yeah my, we'll the shows that I've had cancel are all military shows. And there is a very significant concern for force protection. And as a result, you know, they don't want to get any of our soldiers, sailors or airmen or Marines or Coasties or Space Force. Uh, 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 Nobody's doing anything. shows at the Space Force yet. Uh, no. You know, well, just it's, it's it's part of the six now. There you and go. our our military up here has uh, been working hard through the pandemic because uh, they've been actually uh, called in to help with some of the uh, senior residents' homes and things like that, and help with the distribution of vaccines. Uh, so the tempo, the workload that they've taken on, uh, has certainly uh, played into yeah. things too. Although we haven't had any military show cancellations to hear about as yet up here. In fact, I don't. No Canadian show at this point has uh, postponed, save for Brantford, Ontario, with the Canadian Warplane Heritage, which is a midweek community show. Uh, outside of that, um, it's still day to day, and we'll just see what happens. That's where we're going to leave it. We'll see what happens. We will be back in two weeks with an all-new episode to get us through 2021. Right here at Show Center, the Air Show Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. What happened to the piano player? It's been there. You just well, can't hear it. Now I can hear it. You just yeah. can't hear it. I thought that internet was better up there. Did you the barn? <laughs> Me. <laughs> and there's, there's the last note already, and it's been there. No one could hear it. I didn't hear it at oh, all. Oh, my God. There not, we go. That's okay. You happy hey, now? Hey, thank you. Hope you all had a good time with us this week. God, <laughs> I do this. You say goodbye. I'm loud. <laughs> I'll tell you, I will, I will say goodbye, Rick. I will get off this island. I will get off this island.